for me, my philosophy is that you,、uh, we do not have to compensate、um, profit and social impact. It's not one or the other.、It、shouldn't be mutually exclusive, right? You can have both, and that's the philosophy I've always kept. And that's why、um, OCE itself is also for profit social enterprise, right? We do not compensate one for the other. We understand that in order to make your、um, social impact sustainable, you need profit. <laughs> But what we can do is that we use capitalism for good, for purpose, right? And that's exactly what we teach, what we try to instill in our students. Lena received her grad degree in engineering from Columbia University. After graduating, she consulted for Louis Vuitton, GEP, and Walmart e-commerce. However, Lena did realize that her true passion wasn't necessarily in fashion or brands, and instead she wanted to work towards a social problem and solving issues bigger than herself. So Lena spent a year in Vietnam and recognized the impactful opportunities to innovate and reinvent in emerging markets. So now Lena is the founder of Open Classroom Experience, a virtual global innovations program where Gen Z leaders co-create with world-class social entrepreneurs and learn from top industry leaders. And、the goal of her initiative is to help more youth recognize different opportunities that lead to success while serving humanity. So I know off camera when we talked,、uh, you had mentioned that in the beginning of your career you felt really lost and you felt like a lot of your peers were moving like a hundred miles per hour towards the life that they had envisioned. And I know that that's a very relatable experience and something that I went through when I was at college too. So I wanted to break、yes. that down a little bit. What what was that feeling like, so that we can appreciate where you started and the journey that you had to go through to get to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. And a, a very important part in creating the OCE experience as well. It's again taking you know different parts of my life journey and putting it you know reflecting upon my own journey and what did I struggle with back in school, right? And as I mentioned, you know, one of the first thing that I really struggle with is clarity, right? I always thought, you know, I was the only one struggling with the feeling of doubt and uncertainty. That I was the only one who felt completely lost, right? Everyone around me seemed to be moving a hundred miles per hour towards the life that they've envisioned.、Uh, whether you you know you you're going into accounting or law or you know etc. Right. Because you know, at the time that your peers are the only people who you can、um, compare with and benchmark to, right? But for me, at the time, I really, you know, I never really knew what I wanted to do.、Um, I vaguely have an idea that I knew I wanted adventure. I wanted to see what's out there and to contribute to social-oriented causes. But beyond that, I never had much of a, you know, grand vision or grand. Uh, vision for my life or any of a plan, right?、Um, so I knew I needed more concrete direction and clarity on defining my why. And I realized this is actually not a unique problem to myself anymore. A lot of people feel this way after having done, you know, several cohorts with COCE. Everyone had the similar issue of, you know, trying to figure out their why. Right, where their、um, kind of passion and、uh, lies, and where they can. Add value and contribute. So that is kind of you know how you know one of、uh, the problem that we're trying to kind of solve with OCE as well, which is trying to figure out get some clarity, especially early on in our career, 
、uh, where can we focus our energy, right? So I know that I needed, you know. Um, to start to figure out to have that concrete direction is to know what are some of the opportunity out there that fit fits my bill, right? So I know、mm-hmm. I wanted to contribute to social oriented causes, have some adventure, etc., right? And the best way to do that, you know, I realize it's talking to people, right?、Mm-hmm. <laughs> talking to people who have walked down that path themselves. And that's why, for me,、um, you know, I think I struggled a lot in the beginning trying to identify people to connect with and figure out, you know, how to get them to talk to me. So it, it was quite a struggle, to be honest. So that's why in OCE, you know, we we want to take away all that hassle because I know as a student you have a lot on your plate. Like it, it's ridiculous, you know, trying to. Carve out additional amount of time to do that additional networking and kind of figuring out、um, things on your own, right? So that's kind of where I kind of started in terms of figuring out, you know, from my own journey what I struggle with and how I can、uh, the, the strategies that I use to kind of figure out my clarity. So you talk about finding your why, right? And and、mm-hmm. how. Typical like corporate jobs, maybe it's hard to infuse purpose and work together. And a lot of these students, like you said, are, are struggling to figure out their why or or what their purpose is. Like you grow up, you think maybe I got to get money, I got to go to a good school, but you don't really do the self awareness exercise to figure out where your heart really is. So you went to Vietnam and you discovered you know the whole world of emerging markets and the different possibilities there are within that. What was your trip to Vietnam like, and how did that help you shape your why? And, and if you can phrase your why and, and how that's manifested the OC. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question, and、um, I think a lot of it did stem from my year-long mandate. A lot of you know what I'm doing right now stem from、um, the inspiration that I got from my year-long mandate in Vietnam, right? So I can just briefly talk about、mm-hmm. what. I did in Vietnam, and some of the insights that I've gained,、um, having you know lived and worked there for a year. So while there, you know, I realized there's tons and tons of students doing service learning, so、um, teaching English, writing grants proposals as part of their glo- global learning and intercultural experience. Right?、Um, mm. I think you know it's a it's a great experience from a traveling perspective, but it's very outdated in terms of aligning with career aspirations,、mm. or you know building relevance to towards our digitized and globalized、uh, work you know workplace,、mm-hmm. and vice versa. It doesn't quite serve the locals,、um, it, in terms of you know when you kind of see it. Right now,、um, Southeast Asia has a huge surging economy, and they're ready for innovations and reinventions. So,、mm-hmm. um, building wells—it's not going to cut it anymore, right? They no longer need wells;、yeah. they need tools. They need technology tools.、Um, so, putting the two together, I realized you know there's a huge gap in the market for youth to have more meaningful and accessible global learning experience, especially those. Um, the ones that are more aligned with our current digitized workplace, right? So that is kind of how I figure out, you know, where the opportunity lies. Where are some impactful opportunity for me to drive change, right? And while there, you know,、um, I also did a quite a bit of ethnographic research, right? So that's just a fancy word for interviewing the locals. So I did,、um, you know. 
uh, interviewed quite a bit of local leaders there. And there I realized, you know, remarkable lives and leaders are created by people who really know their why, right? And they actually both, you know, act boldly towards it. So, you know, even these people, you know, they didn't have coming from emerging markets, global south, they didn't have much to begin with. But, you know, they lead with such passion driven life, right? Because Mm -hmm. they know exactly, you know, what they are working towards. And this is something that, you know, I think um, a lot of us are lacking here in North America, right? So, um, so that's why, you know, I wanted to kind of, I I see it as a synergy that there's ways that we can collaborate and learn from one another. I love that. So then you took that and your insights and you started Open Classroom Experience. So tell us a little bit about how the program works and, and what type of students are joining and, and you know how they engage with those business leaders and industry leaders. Um, as I mentioned, you know, it really stems from my own journey, right? Having struggled a lot with gaining clarity um, in the beginning, right? So how it works is that, you know, to tackle that issue, we bring in top industry leaders from, you know, tech, business, policy, healthcare, education, a variety of backgrounds to give students an insider's look into different path ahead so they can be well informed and in, uh, to make their decision and, you know, where to focus their energy on right and once you know you've narrowed down on a few industry the question comes down to how do I break into those industries right Um, and for me you know I um, you know going back to my own journey again I've developed a fascination in tech particularly the implication behind what our future would look like as well as the socioeconomic impacts right and that's why you know I ended up with a degree in engineering Mm -hmm. um because I wanted to dive deeper into the industry. But again, you know, at same time, I was keep wondering what are some, I know the industry I want to get into, but what are some meaningful roles out there that I can contribute to, um, to the humanity, right? And more importantly, you know, who would hire me in the industry, right? I did not hold an MBA. I did not have prior experience in tech. I do not know how to write code, even though I'm an engineer, right? Um, so I didn't quite fit the bill of, let's say, you know, an, uh, you know, a, a perfect candidate. And what I can tell you right now is that don't let this deter you. You can build an outstanding profile without a 4.0 GPA, without top school certificate, without any internships, you know, top, top tier internships. So as long as you can demonstrate your skills concretely through a hands-on project, where it shows that you can integrate technical skills with human skills, right? And again, going back to my own journey, it was, you know, uh, doing a pro bono consulting project as part of my uh, engineering program at Louis Vuitton on uh, optimizing the allocation of assortments. And that, you know, opened the door at Walmart e-commerce, right? In category strategy, you know, so for um, all the folks who are struggling to, you know, break into your dream field, I think consulting based on my own um, experience, I think doing a consulting project, um, it's a huge, um, gives you a huge advantage because it shows that you have industry knowledge, you have interest in this field, and you've build up some technical skills as well as human skills, right? So going back to how that, you know, realization um, leads to 
um, OCE, right? In our program, you know, I realized what really worked well for the Columbia program, right? It's working on consulting project. We also got our cohort to work on a consulting project for world-renowned social ventures on the topic of, you know, go-to-market, impact measurement, user analysis, etc. cetera. Um, so just as an example, in the past um, summer cohort, we got to work with Jazzberry, which is an unreasonable bag company based in Thailand. For those who don't know, unreasonable is one of the most prestigious global business accelerator and venture capital uh, firm that invests in scalable social ventures, which are you know, changing our world in a significant and remarkable way. So we were really lucky that we got to work with such a high profile yeah. client in the field of sustainable agriculture and um, helping them to expand brand, you know, develop strategies to help them expand brand awareness to North America. Then based on our research and our finding, we create our own kind of venture. As you can see, you know, the, the amount of value that now you can bring to future, you know, business partners or uh, employers, you can say, you know, I, I've worked with such a high profile client, understanding the market demand, industry knowledge, and build up my multidisciplinary skills in both technical and soft skills, right? So that's one of, you know, I think very important component of the program. It's doing things, learning by doing, translating uh, theory into practice, right? But with that said, though, um, the future workplace, it's no longer a linear path. Um, so how do you kind of intentionally build towards dream opportunities and positions um, that haven't been created or imagined, right? So that's another kind of, I, I would say, issue that we're going to try to target with our program, right? And I think the best way to kind of solve this is take inspirations from mentors, from people who have walked down the path, right? What strategies did they use to create their own path to break into their dream, you know, position. So to give you some example, um, one of the mentors in our program is Jennifer Fong, um, who currently leads Facebook community as the global head of developer circle, where she works with developers, startups, and businesses all around the world to build, grow, and monetize, use Facebook platform products. And how she started, she started as you know, she had so many pivots in yeah. her career. She started off in financial services, went to school for policy, did a year-long assignment in Ethiopia to support Ministry of Agriculture, where she worked on solutions related to climate environment. So she's all over the map, right? But then she's able to connect the dot to get her this unique position that requires specifically her portfolio of skill sets, right? So we, we talk about how to leverage um, the career portfolio strategy to get into uh, where you want to be. Um, and for those who are more entrepreneurial spirit, our mentor, Justin Falcher, um, it's a founder and CEO of RingMD, a platform that connects global network of doctors and patients through digital products, bring affordable healthcare access to everyone. And, you know, it so far helped more than 5 million people to get access to affordable healthcare, many for the first time. And he is now recognized by Forbes 30 under 30. And how he started is that he started this project as a side, you know, side hustle on the side of while in school, right? So again, tying it all together, you know, 
we, we want to figure out uh, how does um, unique experience like OCE gives you an advantage in creating opportunities to get into some of really special different positions, right? Unique positions as well as um, starting something of your own. So I, I think there's just so many different components that come together um, to manifest the OCE program, right? So it's a really holistic experience in tech business and policy. Yeah, I think that's such an incredible story because I think essentially what you hit on in the very beginning was like the importance of having a side hustle and how a side hustle or a 501 hustle can evolve into something that you're truly passionate about an initiative that you've created. I'm starting a side hustle or again, a 501 hustle so I can figure out where my passions are, how I can complement different parts of my life that I've maybe compartmentalized earlier and like cross them over together. So there's some intersectionality in what I'm doing. So I really appreciate you sharing that story because I think that's a, that's a really unique way of, of approaching it. I think like one of the most efficient ways or one of the more happier ways you could go about uh, discovering what you want to do. So so thanks for sharing that. Um, the more you're expanding, the more you're connecting with these leaders, how are you sustaining yourself in terms of like business model? Are you a for-profit, non-profit? Is raising funds something that's extremely necessary? Do you have sponsors? How do you, when you want to have social impact like this, you also got to have yes. the money to run it. How do you think about both? Yes. So we are actually, um, and you're absolutely right, because for me, my philosophy is that you, uh, we do not have to compensate um, profit and social impact. It's not one or the other. Mm-hmm. It, it shouldn't be mutually exclusive, right? You can have both. And that's the philosophy I've always kept. And that's, you know, having been on both end of the spectrum, um, having work in a corporate environment and also in a nonprofit environment, I think there's things that you can learn from both fields, right? I think, you know, there's so much, as you mentioned, intersectionality involved in creating um, the optimal solution. And that's why um, OCE itself, it's also for-profit social enterprise, right? We do not compensate one for the other. Um, we, we understand that in order to make your um, social impact sustainable, you need profit, right? <laughs> But what we can do is that we use capitalism for good, for purpose, right? And that's exactly what we teach, um, kind of what we try to instill in our students during um, the OCE program as well, that we need to build a robust business model to sustain your kind of initiative and, you know, your um, the impact that you're trying to make, right? Um, and that's why with OCE, our, how it works for our business model is that we, you know, it goes, uh, the, our students, uh, it's completely user-based, right? So um, the, the end users, students pay into the program. However, um, what's unique about it is that a lot of the schools, because of the pandemic, they provide uh, grants for virtual mobility programs that um, covers part subsidizes the the fee, right? And also, we want to make this as accessible to people as possible. So uh, we made it such that, you know, we provide bursary for those with demonstrated financial needs, right? So uh, really working with our end users to create the most accessible um, experiences possible, right? And again, tying it back to how that this philosophy works in OCE is that um, we also not just, you know, learning about social impact and consulting, we also go into every aspect of venture 
building, how to create a robust business model. And these are all tried and tested strategies used by successful founders to help um, you know, our, our cohort to build a blueprint of starting their own thing, right? Serving the humanity, but also sustainable um, uh, financially. Love that philosophy. I uh, heard something when I did my internships in Detroit. He, the, my mentor said, we're not for profit. We're not nonprofit. We're for more than profit. So how can you have social impact, also make money doing it? So I love that attitude. And I think, um, I think you know, you've, you've exemplified it great in, in, o, in OCE. So I wanted to uh, ask you about your, your future vision with it. So I know we touched on this a little bit, but what does it look like? Are you trying to go you know, worldwide? Are you trying to expand the amount of students in your cohort or what is your vision and how does that relate to like how you're measuring impact or success on your organization? Yeah, I absolutely love that. You know, in terms of the long-term vision, as you know, um, with any social enterprise, I think um, a, a core at the heart of it, it's we're trying to amplify our social impact. Based on my journey and my story, you kind of understand where we're heading in terms of social impact, which is um, bridging that gap between um, and reverting the power dynamic between the global north and the global south. So global south being the emerging emerging markets. And as I mentioned, you know, with OCE, we want to move away from the service learning model and build towards experiences that are more relevant in the current digitized and globalized work environment, right? So with that said, you know, I understand there's a lot of um, opportunities in which our mandate can can grow, right? Uh, One of the main goals of this program is reconcile that disconnect, but also decolonize engagement with the global South. And I understand, you know, modern day colonization doesn't just exist with the global south and emerging market. It exists back home here in North America as well, right? With the indigenous, for example, mm-hmm. right? So that, that you know, I'm still trying to figure out how we can incorporate that into uh, the business model, into our program design, right? To make it more meaningful for students because a lot of times, you know, it's kind of a different dynamic where we can say with the global south, it's all about um, creating impactful international business opportunities, but indigenous people are located here in North America. So the environment's a little bit different, um, but I would love to explore other ways that we can address this um, modern day colonization issue, which is, I think, it doesn't get talked enough, right? We want to figure out how to use our voice to address this issue and shedding light and figure out ways that we can kind of tackle this issue through action, right? By action, I mean, how can we better collaborate and understand each other's culture and create something valuable from that collaboration, right? So that's still something that I'm trying to figure out in terms of social impact, right? Addressing this um, decolonization issue. And in terms of um, the business side, you know, I think um, we have proven that having run, you know, multiple cohorts uh, today, we've verified that Mm -hmm. this is something that are of value to people, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a viable business model. But um, so from the zero to one step, it's complete, it's verified. The next step is how do we scale this project to 
um, to create further impact, right? Because I do think it's something of value to a lot of people and it could create a bigger change, you know, having more people involved. So the next step is figuring out what's the best way to scale and how we can get, you know, more partners involved into our initiative. I wish I'd heard about this earlier. I wish I probably could have done this as a student. So I, um, I want to give you uh, a chance to shout out your you know, website where we can find you, how we can support you. If people need to like join your team or you know, if students are interested, how they can reach out. Um, so do all that. And then I want you to close with one piece of advice. I know that you've given a lot of different unique insights and we've heard from your story and you've probably given out advice without even realizing you gave out advice like in a good way. <laughs> um, but I would, I would love to hear like, you know, if you could wrap all this up into one piece of advice or one message I hit home for you, that would be great to hear too. Awesome. So let's start with the shout out. Yes. <laughs> uh, plugging myself here. And um, so <laughs> you want to follow our adventure in business building and tech, you can follow our past cohort and our alumni journey, um, what we experienced, what we learned on our Instagram page at Open Classroom X. Okay. And um, also you can follow our website, openclassroomexperience.com. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's where you can find us. And in terms of one piece of advice to tie it all together, right? Um, I think the, the biggest advice for people who are early on in their career, mm-hmm. it's, I, I think everything that you want, it's on the other side of fear, right? So mm-hmm. don't be afraid to take some risks and really build up um, your career portfolio. Notice I'm not using the word of career path or roadmap, but portfolio, a portfolio of skills that you can use to connect the dot and create incredible opportunities for yourself later on. Love it. So find a 501 hustle and then get on the podcast. So yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. No, I love it. So no, I, I really appreciate you sharing your story. Um, I think, you know, it's a little bit of a cliche, but I think you exemplified how life is absolutely not linear and you never really know where you're going to end up, but you got to keep trying to explore, keep trying to try things and keep trying to go through the self-discovery of, you know, where's my passion really at and how can I fuse my passion with what I do in my work? So I think you are a beautiful example of all those principles and that journey. And so I thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and talk with the audience and for everyone tuning in. I hope you had a wonderful time. Definitely check out her initiative, uh, join if you're interested or if you know people that might want to be interested. Um, and we will catch y'all all next week. Thanks and have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you, Lena. Thank you.